Seven Days to Play. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, your weekly mobile gaming review program. I am Sam. And I am Tice. And this week we are reviewing a game called Pinstripe. Pinstripe is made by one person. Which is it completely made by? Is it completely made by one? Apparently, person? start to finish, like coming on f- around five years of research and development, one human made this game. In the App Store, it's labeled as Atmos Games, but I've come to know that it is a single human. Right, like if you load up the game, it actually says Thomas Brush, Thomas Brushes, Thomas, or is it just Thomas Brush? Brushes. Thomas Brushes. <laughs> it's probably Thomas brushes. brushes Pinstripe. Ah, apostrophe, yes. I see. Grammar. Mm. Right. Brushes. Brushes. Brought to you by Mr. Brush. So he's apparently like a big time indie developer, big into like the development scene, actually giving like a lot of tutorials and tips on how to make these kind of games and actually has really interesting content where he takes an existing game and kind of converts them into his style, which is like kind of like that side scrolling action style. I didn't know that. Really? Right. And so he has a lot of like really good content in there where he gives like a setup of how he's making these games. And I think he's, it's like using the library or like the game library that he's built, which is impressive as well. To be able to reuse that that many times. Yeah, I need to right. do some more research. That's that's impressive. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Pinstripe. Tice, can you read the Apple App Store description? Pinstripe. An ex-minister ventures through the frozen depths of the afterlife in search of his kidnapped daughter. Pitstripe is an emotionally charged adventure through a frozen afterlife created entirely by a one-man team over the course of five years. Wow. Players Teddy and a strange ex-minister forced to venture through a snowy wilderness in search of his three-year-old daughter, Bo, and her kidnapper. Ooh. Discover the dark secrets of Teddy's past and confront his sleazy, demonic nemesis, Mr. Pinstripe. Thomas Brush, creator of award-winning indie games Coma and Skinny, reveals a gorgeous art style, breathtaking score, and chilling story with influences from The Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, and Alice in Wonderland. I totally it, see all of those influences I, in the game. I, yeah. As I read that, I concur. Explore six hauntingly beautiful levels of hell. Okay. Listen to an immersive and unique soundtrack written by the game's creator. Use your slingshot to fight your way through bizarre beasts and interesting puzzles. Hang out with your family pet, George, and sniff out clues. Discover the mystery behind Teddy and Bo's death. And it features a hilarious cast of professional voice actors and celebrity cameo performances. That is the app store description for Pinstripe. Oh, man. It gives away a lot. It's like spoilerific. It kind of is. As I was saying that, I was like, well, do we need to put a spoiler alert at the beginning of this? It does. It talks through... I didn't read it in as in depth when I first played it. So now, now it is actually giving away quite a bit. Right. And maybe we'll get into this later, but um, that was one of the reasons, like, I'm, I'm glad I didn't read that before I started playing Same, it. same. Because I felt like there's, there's so much good vibes and uh, I guess like foreshadowing that happens as you're playing that I really enjoyed about this game. But I think before we get there, Tice, let's talk about what this game is actually like and how it plays. It's a it's a unique game for me. It's not a style of gameplay that I've um, had a lot of in the past. It's a side scrolling game of sorts. Right. It's kind of like a side scrolling action game. There's depth to it as well, right? It's not like a flat game by any stretch. It felt it felt three D ish um, in some way. It's hard for me to kind of pinpoint how and why it felt like that. Right. I mean, it is by and large a two D game. I think, uh, but by using like really smart mechanics of parallax and 
good art direction. It does feel a lot richer than just like a simple, you know, Mario side scrolling action game. The environment right? so, plays so well into that, right? Like yeah. when there's rain or wind or um and, and as you say, parallax, that's a good way to think about it. Um, but I thought the environment uh in conjunction with the audio, which I'm sure we'll go into, made it feel really deep. Right. And so, you know, this game, as you start off, it's just like uh, very simple controls. Like you go left and right with your left hand and you do a jump with your right hand. Um, and that's pretty much it in terms of controls. And you get like introduced to some other mechanics like down the line. But yeah, like it introduces you really nicely into moving left and right. And, you know, you're, you're changing rooms as you go from left to right. You exit like one room and then you go into like the next room. Uh, and then you can jump onto platforms interact with some objects like there'd be like a one of the things that your first encounter is like you're in a train you're in like a moving train right and you're jumping from train to train uh and then there are some doors that are locked and then uh some buttons are like set in front of you and so like one of the puzzle is like to be able to press the button in like a certain order in order to then open up the doors which then allows you to go to the like next track or and the there's, next no, there's not a lot of like textual help around that. I'm sure we'll dig into this a little bit, but like you learn the game and the story unfold in a way that is a little unique to me. It wasn't as much um, tap this, do this, you know, like in words, it was kind of like you sort of just wander about and you're like, oh, I guess this is what I need to do. Yeah. And I think that's just the um, expertise of really good game design, right? It's spelling out the visual cues um, and also like spelling out the story with like the environment uh, without being really heavy handed about it. Right. And I felt like those are all very well done from the offset, like from, from like the start of this game that was instantly noticeable. I would say it's a lot harder, um, surely to try and pull off this sort of onboarding to how to play the game, even with, as you say, pretty simple mechanics. I surely it's harder to do that without that kind of, um, wizard, you know, little pop-up bubbles explaining what to do. Trying to do that through the story has got to be a much more difficult task. Yeah, 100%. Like it is, it takes a lot of thinking and a lot of like visual nuances to try and tell the story without being explicit about it. Right. And I felt like right off the bat, like I felt those were things that I immediately felt were things that attracted me about this game. I think also, one, as you say, one of the first things you realize is that it was made by a single person but it was made over five years and i think from the very beginning i was like oh i can see that there's a quality in this things are not too fast they just feel a little slower more deliberate in the mm -hmm. way that the scenes were kind of coming together and you were learning and i could tell that someone had put a lot of effort into this and kind of had gone back and sort of rewrote things and sort of tried to polish things and make it even easier and yeah, I knew that um, it was going to be an interesting game from those first few minutes. Yeah. Um, overall, like it is a more darker tone game. So initially, you know, it kind of seems like you're it's like a normal adventure where you're with your daughter, but it quickly changes tone as you it go does. through the game. It gets dark. <laughs> right. You notice things around the environment, which gets spelled out a little bit more for you. Like there are things that are like scratched on the walls that you then notice yeah. that have an ominous vibe. <laughs> And then um, I think really early on, you meet uh, the titular pinstripe, oh, which is very creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so and creepy. Like, honestly, like a little bit of a um, warning to like younger folk. Like, it's pretty, it's it's a little freaky. Yeah. The, so this is, this game is also fully voiced, which I was very impressed by. And it's not like cheesy voice acting. It's actually good quality audio. And the, the voice that they use for pinstripe, you know is very creepy, very It's convincingly haunting. creepy, yeah, 100%. <laughs> 
And I thought those are like things that, and all of this probably happens like within the first five to 10 minutes of you playing it. Uh, and I felt like that was just such a strong opener uh, for the game. They could have taken a lot longer to do that, but I, I agree, like getting stuck into it and, and sort of like introducing the game, but then introducing the sort of problem pretty quickly is good because it pulls you in and it gives you like purpose. You're like, oh, I know why I'm doing this like immediately. I'm not just sort of, some games will just take a lot of time to get you used to the game. And I think that makes sense sometimes, but with this one, they get into it pretty quickly and give you a lot of purpose for trying to do the things that you need to do to move forward. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I think that was, that's a pretty good place to stop in terms of, you know, I don't, I feel like we shouldn't give away um, the story, even though like that description fully gave it away. I don't want to go too much further and explain, um, uh, yeah, much more in, in terms of what you can do because I think that's also pretty pivotal to the game. But mm. um, I agree. I think this this game does play out like a uh, multi-part um, short-run TV series in my mind in the sense that uh, there's a lot of acts and, yeah, we don't want to give away too much. I think we can still be kind of high level with what, you know, what we did. Right. Like I do that. have like right after like the beginning part happened where, you know, the main crux of it is – I think we can we can say this because like the description gave it away. But it does. Pinstripe, Pinstripe <laughs> ultimately like takes your daughter away from you, and yeah, <laughs> and I feel like um, I already started forming suspicions on what is actually happening as this was all sort of like going down. And I think whenever whenever a game or like a piece of media allows you to do that in your mind and start getting like suspicions of what this might actually be, those are the parts that I really enjoy where it's not really spelled out for you, but it makes it so that you feel brilliant for figuring it out, even though that was all done by design, right? But it works though, right? So even if subconsciously you're feeling really good, you're going to feel connected to it and you're going to feel like, oh, I want to keep playing this because if I, if I can get this feeling again, you know, Totally. It's, it's pretty genius. And with that, should we get onto the three by threes? Yes, please. So three things good and three things bad for pinstripe. Thomas Brush's pinstripe. Tice, why don't you take it away? Yeah. I think the first thing that struck me with this game um, was the art direction for it. I just thought it was and is um, a really beautiful game. I note that you can play this game on just about any uh, platform out there and it, and it made me wonder what it would look like on a larger device or even a TV or a computer monitor because the attention to detail on on the phone felt excellent. Um, it felt really well made, very meticulous design. Um, clearly uh, all the elements and the characters were designed, um, well, were designed by the same person, but even if they weren't the same person, you could tell they're all designed with each other in mind. Like it felt it felt very harmonious, the art direction for it. So that that just stood out to me immediately. Even without hearing the audio and some of the other things we'll go into, I thought that was uh, really impressive. Right, for sure. And I think the point that you made about having a game that's really geared for mobile uh, really shines with this game. Even from like the font choices being legible, the buttons being clickable, um, even using like the same language of like the dot, dot, dots on items that you can sort of like tap and get more information on. I thought that was very native to the way phones do business that um, I felt completely at home while playing this game. Like nothing felt really out of place. Yeah, just going on the your first point, like the presentation, top notch, right? Like everything was very well crafted uh, from like the introduction, the little text, the way the music comes in, the way you're set into the scene. Everything was so like meticulously placed that top marks for the presentation aspect. You have a good point there that it it felt sort of native without even really realizing it, but then they give it this stylistic flair, 
with a really nice font um, that kind of makes it feel native to the game. But you also mentioned at the beginning the controls and, and it is the, I would say that with the art direction being so strong, the controls sort of get out of the way. There's not that many, you know, you don't have a cluttered UI, like they're really trying to pull you into the the story and into the world. And I think that's, they do a, quite a good job of that. Right. Um, yeah. And just getting on that, like, I think my next good point is that the gameplay is super tight, right? Like nothing feels laggy. Nothing feels really out of place. All the action seems very deliberate. Um, even with the addition of like functions outside of jump, like later on, you get like a slingshot where you can point and shoot. That felt very tight, very uh, snappy. This slingshot. It's very snappy. I thought it would be yeah. a little slower with the lobbing of the rock or whatever, but it is like, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's very fast and it felt good. Mm -hmm. Oh, good, good feedback. Yeah, and it never felt like your character was always waiting for an action for you to perform. Like it, it's like like you said, it's very tight. It's immediate. Um, only thing that I'd have to say about like that slingshot thing is the target appears right on where your finger is, rather than like <laughs> I'm glad above you said your that. Finger. <laughs> Which is a little uh, yeah that 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 was a bit quirky. Um, how did you feel about moving from scene to scene? And how as you go left and right, it would fade out, fade in. Like, how did you find that? That was fine. Uh, and maybe this could be for like the bad points a little bit. But overall, like um, sometimes you didn't know if there was an entryway into like the next screen. True. Either like left or right. Right. Because um, some, some be... of the, it would look like there was when there wasn't and vice versa. Right? Like it's not exactly. immediately clear. Could you run through that um, cave entrance door or ramp or whatever was there? Right. Outside of that, the gameplay, super tight. I agree. Uh, my next good point is the soundtrack and the audio. I just thought it was, again, for this to come from one person. I mean, it's hard for me to uh, give this a non-biased review in the sense of I'm still shocked that one person could do so many things so well. I just, I think it's rare. And and this is just a testament to, to whoever this person is because the audio was great. So um, I initially played uh, a little bit of it sort of on my phone, you know, like audio was down or even off. Uh, but then I was um, traveling recently and had my uh, headphones in and played it again. And I was like, wow, yeah. I should have done this earlier. This is great. It was really yeah. lovely. The, the sounds of the, um, the, the wind and the rain and, and then the music itself. Yeah, I thought it was a great bundle. Um, someone had put, again, a lot of effort into making sure it sounded as good as it looked. Right. And not only that, like on top of the music, like the voiceovers again, like all the conversations between you and your daughter and Pinstripe and all that stuff have been like voiced over by actors. I was trying to pick who some of the voices were because I, I knew that there were some cameos. I'd stumbled across that when, when we were looking at playing this game and I wasn't able to pick any of them and I, I should probably do some research, but yeah, I wasn't able to like make out anyone as well. All right. But Maybe overall, it's further just like the game. Really enjoyable performances. Like, you know, these are, it gets out of the way, like you said, right? It's not, it's not too exaggerated. It's not too underplayed. It just fits the tone of everything just right. Any other good points? Um, no, that's it for me. My final good point is I've sort of touched on this a few times here, but a lot of care and thought went into this and you can tell. And I think it's, it's, it's the little bits here and there. There are some little micro, like tiny, tiny, tiny animations that I thought were just really nice. Like, little glows of like embers in the corner where maybe someone didn't need to do that, but they did anyway. And I always enjoy seeing the little things that um, may not matter to most people when you're against a deadline, you're trying to push a game out, whatever it may be. But someone had put a lot of time and effort into the small things. And when you, you could, I, once or twice I had to put my phone down and, uh, and you just leave it playing. And it's the kind of game, um, if you've played a game like this before where, 
Uh, it's not too intense, so you're not having people attack you all the time unless you're in a certain screen. And you could just leave it there and sort of enjoy mm. the scenery. And I thought that was that's a pretty cool measure of like having this ambient scene happen and be like, that's kind of nice to look at. Yeah. So I yeah, thought everything is very picturesque. Lots yeah. of love into it. Yeah. All right, Sam. Let's get on to the bad points. What, what what wasn't so good? So overall, like I do feel like there there aren't very many uh, bad points for me, but the one that I have is kind of interconnected. Um, one is the the save points. Ooh, true. Yeah. So I feel like the save points uh, are only done when you look at a picture in the game. And these pictures kind of like build into the story of like what's happening, but they're also not as often like you don't really find them available a lot. Like you got to go to certain locations in order to take a look at these pictures in order to save. And a lot of what you have to do is not really conducive to, you know, like the quick mobile gameplay that we're used to, like where you can save and like leave it off after like five to 10 minutes like you know a lot of what you have to do in the game could take you like close to 20 minutes maybe like 15 20 minutes um and i felt like i've had to repeat myself a couple of times i was gonna ask you did you did you have to go back and do things again more often than you would have liked purely because you didn't have a chance to finish it and then the save point like is that what was happening right there's one point in particular where i want to discuss like the puzzles are also really nicely laid out meaning like it gives you lots of good visual indications on how to solve the puzzle and this particular puzzle was like you got to light up three points of this little machine that's connected to wires. Oh, I know the one. I had to call in for backup. I had to get my wife to help me with that. I right. was like, how do I do this? And it does a good job of showing you the wires that are connected to that box. Right. It's like part of the scenery. Like you can sort of trace it, right? Yeah. And so you move towards the direction that the wires are like kind of leading you to. And so I was able to solve two, but the third one was really hard to find. And I wasn't able to say, like, find it in the time that I was, like, playing the session for. And so, like, you know, I... You had to start again. Right. So I had to start again from, like, the checkpoint. Um, And so that was a little bit disheartening. So do you think they could have perhaps introduced, like, more frequent saves or more, or, like, the ability to save kind of at will, even, like, snapshot the game and then just resume where you were or... Uh, yeah, saving at will would be great or even saving upon like moving on to a new scene. I mean, there might be reasons why this might not be yeah, preferable, especially was, when... I that was intentional. Like are they trying yeah. to make... The, they're trying to say this is not a pick up and play for two to five minutes. This is this is a more serious game. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to time commitment. Yeah, I don't know. I feel mm. like they still could have made that concession and still ex- have the experience be like your... Um, you can still play it for a long session without any penalty of being able to drop off and come back to it, right? I think in that scenario where there was the three things, it would have been nice for them to perhaps save after each milestone, mm-hmm. you know, in that. And then and then if you, if you, you know, if you die or whatever happens, you can just go back to that. Right. So that's really my only negative bad point, but um, what, would be, what would be some of yours? Well, one of mine was getting stuck. So the same thing that you had, but we can sort of just talk through that. Um, the second one was as, as much as I liked the voice acting and appreciated it, there were one or two voices, including... Mr. Pinstripe, that freaked me out. Though, as in, like, good job. Like, if that, if that was the intention, yeah. um, which I think it was, uh, I put it as a bad point. But honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably uh, a nod to that they did a good job. Because I mean, if you've ever watched a film, TV show, or played a game, whether you hear a voice that is deeply unsettling and the character yeah. is meant to be deeply unsettling, well done to the person voicing that. That's the point, you know. So I think in one way, it's not really a bad point. It's more just a 
I note that they did a good job because it freaked me out. Um, so well done. So again, you know, <laughs> disclaimer for the kids out there, like these voices will uh, <laughs> stay with you for some time. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I also feel like you have a pretty low scare tolerance factor. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's quite low. Oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. I'm the kind of like comedy action sort of love. So, yeah, that is a good point. That's a good, that's a good point to measure it there, Sam, because my yeah tolerance for uh, fear is quite low when it comes to gaming in particular because I think gaming just adds a whole other lens to it that um, mm, other media That's doesn't. true. Like you're immersed you're, in it. You're right. the one driving it. Like I'm the one hitting the button asking yeah. to hear the creepy voice, you know. So there's a whole other level of um fear factor there but but what uh, about but like it, scary movies i'm like okay but not i'm not gonna seek them out not at all right okay definitely what was not like, something i'll chase well yeah because we talked about halloween right? right right yeah gotcha that's yeah. okay that's so there's something about that that some of those sort of you know quote-unquote scary films are in a different uh zone for me where they have mm-hmm. a level of humor and nostalgia that makes it okay to watch like the new scream. I'll definitely watch that. Like that's mm. fine. I think that it's I'll, I'll because I'll, I can laugh my way through some of the moments because they're sort of slasher uh, pop culture sort of references. But gotcha. If it's a straight up scary film, absolutely not. What a terrible way to spend a couple of hours of your life that you'll never right. get back. So oh, movies I mean, like The Ring <sighs> or oh they 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 were terrifying. The like. Those uh, Grudge and the Ring, like the the original ones too, yeah. like the Japanese ones, are absolutely horrifying. But definitely watched them as a kid when my I think my tolerance has decreased as I've grown mm, older. Maybe you know? it's more relatable. You're more empathetic to it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that could happen. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, like oh, if my, that happened, what would I do? Oh, I could see the ramifications when you're a child. You're like, oh, this is fun. That's crazy. You know, <laughs> so yeah, we should do another episode on scary films. <laughs> Right. Getting back to the three by threes, uh, what is your next bad point? That was pretty much it. Just getting stuck, uh, wanting those save, save points. Also wanting a little different. So here's the thing. I've noticed in some games, irrespective of the platform, some more modern games, when you're attempting something for a certain amount of time and you go, this is my theory. I'm not a game developer, but my theory is you go beyond a threshold where most of the testers have achieved a thing. They'll be like, hey, you want some help? Uh, so you're struggling there. You want a little, you want a little uh, bit of direction, and I go, yes, please. Uh, mm. That's what I wanted in this game. I wanted, after struggling on the same exact problem you had, I wanted the game to eventually give me a little subtle nod. And right. I don't know. I didn't play it long enough to know whether that was in the that that may have been in the game, like a mechanic that I wasn't aware of. But I was left wanting of that uh, because you know what it's like. There is a point when your like mild frustration becomes like real frustration. And on a mobile game, you close the game. Well, that's what I yeah. do. I give up and I walk yeah. away. And I didn't want to do that. I felt like I wanted to kind of proceed. So just building off what you had said, that would have been my only other um, point was I wanted, a, I wanted a helping hand when the game knew that I was like really on struggle street. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I wish there was that little bit of peace as well because ultimately – that is the point that I decided to stop playing. Even though I really mm. liked the feel and the vibe of the game, I I felt like I really don't know how to solve this. I could go look it up and and do that. Um, and I am curious about the story, but ultimately, like that's that was the the stopping point for me. And maybe I'll pick it up because I'm still interested in the game. But for my week's time with it, that was it. That's and what you called that, it. Yeah, and getting to that, Tice, I think we should get to the final seven day rating for Pinstripe. Let's do it. What do you think, Sam? How many days did you play this game? My final seven day is five days. 
Five. Wow, it's pretty good. Yeah. So I played it, I'd say like pretty good, like pretty odd increments. So the first time I played it to like the first save, it was like, wow, this is a game that I'm really looking forward to like get into. And then played it, you know, all throughout until the five days. And on the fifth day is when I got to that that little lighthouse puzzle. You played the, it consistently each day for five days. Yeah. Wow. That's that's impressive. And then after that fifth day, I was like, hmm, okay, I'm stuck. I kind of don't want to look it up. Um, I'll definitely revisit, but I'm just going to leave it here for now. If you hadn't been blocked, how do you think you would have kept going? Oh, for sure. This could wow. have easily been a seven day for me if it wasn't wow. for that block. Yeah. I was well, curious. I haven't experienced like, one of those with you yet. This is impressive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. I feel like if it just wasn't for that block, I definitely would have kept playing. What about for you, Tice? What is your final seven day rating for Pinstripe? Mine is four out of seven. Mm. Uh, mostly due to some travel in there that made it a little harder. But um, I was actually similar to you where I played it a lot up front and kind of pushed, not pushed through, but just like made it to several save points. Uh, and then I also hit the exact same point as you. And even though I had some extra help to get through that point, I think I was a little bit like, uh, what if that happens again? You know, I'm like, I don't know if I have the mm. uh, patience to to kind of move through it. So uh, I... I also would probably play it again. I think so. I think now, yeah. like now that we've talked it through a little bit and I'm curious to know a little more now that I've read the description and know how much there is left to go. Right. Uh, ironically, I'm actually more, even more interested now to be like, oh, I kind of want to play more through more of these acts and see what totally. happens. I had my suspicions about the game when I first played it. And uh, right. from the description, it's very accurately <laughs> uh, telling me that my suspicions are true, which is cool. Cause like I, something felt off like right from the beginning on like Ooh. why this was happening. And really, um, you know, you find that picture of your wife and you're mm -hmm. like, you know, you're a, you're a minister or like a pastor. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. And then you find like these elements that look like stuff, but not really stuff. You know mm, what I mean? Like the big bubbles yeah. thing. Yeah. And I had like Can't a suspicion on what it. that might be. Right. And I'm going to, okay, spoiler warning. I think that is like the symbolism for uh, alcohol, like alcohol and Really? Yeah. Oh, fascinating. I did not make that conclusion. Interesting. And I think the, the dark history is that the wife probably left or like Ooh. something happened because of alcoholism and then but then i didn't portray them being the ones that are dead so wow really interested to find yeah, out I'm like actually, I'm, how yeah, that story is told i think i'll pick this up again um and 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 see what happens next because that that is actually a very interesting story it gets it seems like it, like you are progressing through the levels of hell it is getting darker and weirder and i must say that is pretty interesting so i'm right but that was Pinstripe. Thank you for suggesting that game. Now it is up to me, Tice, to recommend the next game. Let's go, Sam. What have you got lined up? the next seven days. So this is, this was actually recommended by friend of the pod, Drew Peterson. Okay. Shout out to Drew. Shout out to Drew. And this is straight off the press, folks. Tice, you have seven days to play. Rocket League Sideswipe. Oh, wow. Like the Rocket League? So this is actually from Psyonix, which made Rocket League, but it is a mobile version of the game. Can you explain Rocket League for anyone that's never heard of it before? Think of playing soccer with rocket cars. Boom. That is that is a great description. That's exactly what it is. And if you think, man, that sounds crazy, you're like, yep, it is. It it's is a crazy. very, very fun, potentially multiplayer game if you've got some friends or you want to play online. But uh, so Rocket League has been wildly successful over the years, right? 
Right. And this game is specifically made for mobile device. So it's not, it's a completely new game from the ground up. Interesting. Using that Rocket League concept, but geared for mobile. So it's it's interesting the way they did it, but you'll take a look. Like, yeah, they, they've kind of made it a 2D game. Unexpected twist there. Okay. Exactly. You have my interest peaked, piped. That's so, a strange word. Yeah. Great. Thank you very much. Looking forward Tyson, to it. You have seven days to play Rocket League Sideswipe. Do you have a thing of the week, Sam? I do have a thing of the week, Ty. I'm tell glad me. you brought it up. I know, right? Surprised, as always. So surprised. Um, my thing of the week is Spotify's Wrapped. Oh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you've missed the internet in the last week or so. Uh, Spotify Wrapped is something that Spotify does on a yearly basis where they summarize your listening habits in terms of, you know, just pure metrics of, how many minutes you've listened to Spotify throughout the year, what artists you listen to. But what I really find good about Spotify Wrapped is the the way that they package that information okay. and ways that are really delightful. So they'll usually um, have nice little tidbits of what genre was like your most favorite. There are some pretty wild genres out there too. Like provided in, Yeah, provided into context. I just really like it because... Whenever I see other people's type uh, wrapped, you know, I am very interested in them and it makes me get to know them a little bit better. So there are lots of haters out there that say, oh, you know, like <laughs> everyone's posting their Spotify wrapped and no one right. really cares. I actually yeah. do care. Like, I think it's great. I think it's, uh, it's there's a dividing line between it. people that love it and really lean into it. And they're like, I did not know that about you. And then others that are just like, this is horrendous. Please get off my uh, it's a pretty clear line these days which which side you, you know you stand on but i mean i'm with you i think it's a really fascinating look into uh people you know and then people you don't know but i do always appreciate uh getting to know something about someone through music and through audio um, because there's the podcast section as well now which is very meta you're listening mm-hmm. to a podcast but um this was my most listened podcast oh wow which is great dedication to Excellent. the cause but uh See, but <laughs> It just goes to show you, if you listen to a podcast long enough, you could actually be on it. Yeah, it, dreams can come <laughs> true, people. I'm not lying. But uh, you're right. It is It is a very um, creative uh, sort of outlet um, for all of the minutes you spent listening to audio in the last year. And I think that concept doesn't just isn't just a Spotify thing in general, like a lot of other audio companies are doing something similar. And I think that it's great to just express yourself through the audio that you listen to. But it can be... Confronting. I have some friends um, that uh, will never share their app. It's like a closed, but mm. you know, I've locked it up and through there. No one will ever see this, you know. And I find that really interesting. I wear mine on my sleeve, so I'm not, I'm not embarrassed at all. But I can see why some folk are a little uh, more hesitant to share. Totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm very open about the type of music I listen to, um, <laughs> and I feel more people should be too. Who cares? Yeah. Great. Tice, what about you? Do you have a thing of the week? I do. Uh, there is a new movie on HBO Max called 8-Bit Christmas. Have you seen the trailer for it? I have not. Tell me more, no, about, tell me more about it. Yeah, it's, a, it's another sort of retro take on Christmas. Neil Patrick Harris is in it. Um, Barney from How Met Your Mother. Uh, and it's a sort of a nostalgic trip down memory wow. lane. Did you just refer to Neil Patrick Harris as Barney from How yeah. I Met Your Mother? How else would I do it? Oh, I guess you're too. We're in different too, generations, right? You're gonna you're gonna say another character from another thing, aren't you? Right, Doogie Hauser, MD. Yeah, I mean that's fine. That's in there. That's on the Wikipedia. I'm sure it's real. Um, but yes, we are showing our age, Sam. <laughs> 
But anyway, this film is a Christmas film. Uh, right. First and foremost, it's got it in the title, so you know what you're getting yourself in for. It's on HBO Max, but it it was interesting. It's um without giving too much away, that's not in the trailer. Uh, it's a film about the story of how a kid got their Nintendo. Mm. And the first thing we noticed was that have you seen a film called The Wizard? The one with Fred Savage about oh, yeah. the kid that goes to yes. this like gaming tournament. You got it. Uh, yeah. Instant reminder of that. If you want to go down a rabbit hole, look up that uh, film, The Wizard, and um, have a have a look into how many people perceive that film to be a slightly sort of uh, Nintendo propaganda film because it's just it's just laden with Nintendo. It's it's about going to a Nintendo competition, and then this film. A Big Christmas is a hundred percent that too, in my opinion. It, it's like all about Nintendo. There's, there's, they say Nintendo. They're not alluding to it, so they're using the trademark. Like it's, mm. it's all through the film. But um, interesting. Is it like a story movie, or is it like a kind of like a documentary? No, no, it's a story. It's definitely a story of like kids that you know really want a console, can't afford it, have to do crazy things to mm. you know get the money. So it is. It's a very heartwarming kind of Christmassy film. I'd say it's good for. Anyone with kids, uh, we enjoyed the nostalgia side of it. There's some good jokes. Um, the reference to how incre- they, there's a great line, I think, in the trailer too, that it's not just a console, it's an entertainment system. You know, and how that how that really kicked off like a whole, right. you That's know, world very good. of. So I, I thought it was endearing. It's that time of year. Um, it's cool to see new semi-original uh, films being made. If you right. see the movie and you've seen other movies like, the Wizard and uh, other classic Christmas movies, which I won't uh, give away anymore. You'll see a lot of this is like heavily influenced, I would say. But interesting, the formula works. It's fine. It was a bit of fun, uh, nice. and I mean, it's got a Nintendo in it, so I was like already sold. Uh, right. So yeah, I'll check definitely it out. check it out. Yeah, feels like a, a good movie to watch over the holidays with the kids. Right, you got it. Great. Well, that's our show. Uh, join us next week as we review Rocket League Sideswipe, and find us on Instagram and Twitter by searching for Seven Days to Play. And listen to us on your favorite podcast app by searching for Seven Days to Play. Seven Days to Play!